This episode of Remnant Radio is brought to you in part by our sponsors at Kairos Classrooms. Have you ever thought about learning a biblical language as a supplemental tool in your biblical studies? Well, Kairos Classrooms offers real classroom environments with with classmates and a live instructor who can help teach you biblical languages, both Greek and Hebrew. You need to check out Kairos Classrooms today. Uh, The price for a single semester is crazy affordable for anyone, so check out the links in the description and use promo code REMNANT to get 10% off Kairos Classrooms. Check out Kairos Classrooms today. Discount code R-E-M-N-A-N-T, REMNANT, to get 10% off your semester. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the wonderful world of Remnant Radio. Today, we're reviewing some spectacular testimonies from a recent conference we did. Uh, I'm really excited about this episode. I'm also really jazzed about what just happened this week. So uh, you guys stay tuned. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be a good program. You are watching The Rent Radio, a crowd-funded show where we interview pastors, teachers, historians, and theologians from different churches and denominations. My name is Joshua Lewis, and this is my co-host, Michael Roundtree. Together, we want to help you break outside of your theological echo chambers. If you're interested in learning about history, theology, or the gifts of the Spirit, this is the show for you. Super cool uh, week we had. I can't wait to let Miller talk about it, share some of the testimonies that uh, happened there uh, that we filmed afterward, maybe some of the clips of the stuff that we've actually filmed. So we, we filmed the whole conference. The prophetic words are all recorded. Uh, I, I can't wait to share those maybe at a later time. We're just going to kind of go through the healing and deliverance testimonies right now, which we're really excited about talking about and showing you guys. But before we dive into the program, I want to remind you that Remnant Radio is entirely crowdfunded. So if you want to support the link, uh, the ministry, the top two links are for PayPal and Patreon. You can give a one-time gift on PayPal or a recurring gift on Patreon. Those five bucks a month, you get access to extra content there on pay- Patreon, uh, including... All of these testimonies. So we're sharing nine of these, but I think we have 20 testimonies that have been filmed uh, after the conference. People stepped outside, walked into a corner, filmed some testimonies. We're going to upload all of that to Patreon so you can have access to those testimonies, which is going to be really cool. Uh, but but also, maybe you're out there and you're watching this and you're like, hey, this is super cool. I want to learn more about the gifts of the Spirit. I want to be discipled in this stuff. We do a... Uh, 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 an online uh, training program called the Word and Spirit School of Ministry, where we disciple people in the gifts. Uh, that course is not open at this time. We have a, a kind of a spring and a fall semester that we're trying to uh, repeat every year. Uh, so if you're out there and you're like, man, these stories are cool. How do I grow in this stuff? We have put together a free mini e-course. That's the, the bottom link in the description of the video that you can check out. Sign up for that. And then you'll get notified when we come out with the full course in the fall. Without further ado, Michael Miller, how the heck are you, man? I'm good, man. I feel like I uh, <laughs> I was exhausted uh, after the weekend. Managed to get a full eight hours of sleep last night. Um, yeah, man. I'm I was so blown away by the whole weekend, uh, and so thankful for Charles for for setting that whole thing up. It was just a it's a wonderful time. Um, yeah, I'm just I'm excited and super thankful. That's all I can say. <laughs> now, there were late nights, bro. Like we were we were up till often midnight or two o'clock, you know, in the morning. That was partially self-inflicted because we don't get to hang out that much. Uh, we would go and we would stay in line praying for people till midnight, and then we would go home and hang out and eat some food and talk for a little bit. Uh, and yeah, late nights, early mornings. Uh, but totally worth it. I'd do it all again. Uh, totally worth it. Really enjoyed meeting people who've been watching Remnant Radio for, I mean, frankly, years. Uh, some people who've been yeah. like watching since 2017. It's crazy. Um, yeah. And there were people who were like getting engaged at the Remnant Conference. How crazy was that? Uh, people drove out to the conference. People, one, one couple got engaged. <laughs> uh, okay. People. Two individuals, also known as people, um, you know. Uh, <laughs> um, 
I don't know. It was just cool. It was a cool, it was a cool get together. Uh, lots of great stuff happened. Uh, I mean, you've seen some of the testimony videos that we've shared uh, before we dive into that. Is there any personal story that stands out at the conference that you'd want to share that's really exciting to you? Don't tell the Alyssa story. That one's, story. that one's filmed. I mean, you know, the one that I thought was just, I, I still is perplexing to me. Uh, and this happens, right? Like you get these kind of words and you don't know what to do with it. But I, you know, do you remember the first night I got that word for Rebecca and colon issues? Oh yeah. And that this woman comes down. Special. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was pretty awesome because it was accurate, but the, the tough part about it was I still don't know what to do with it. I don't know if she was healed of anything. Um, yeah. So just for those who are there in attendance and, and, and those who are just watching, like, what is he talking about? Uh, I gave this word. I said, hey, there's somebody here. Your name is Rebecca and you you have an issue with your colon. Uh, I'm guessing it's this or maybe this. I don't know. Um, woman comes down. Turns out she had had six inches of her colon removed and, you know, had scar tissue. So we, we prayed for that. But it wasn't something you could test right then and there. So I really don't know what to do with that. You know, hopefully, uh, Rebecca, if you're out there and you notice a big difference, please reach out to us, uh, and, you know, emails at the info uh at at the remnant radio let's try that again address. it's media at the remnant radio.com media oh. at the remnant radio.com <laughs> he's like info <laughs> if you send it to info nobody's gonna get it that's not email <laughs> yeah, <that we> <laughs> sorry <laughs> uh, well, all that to say it, it's it's a frustrating thing because it's like you get a word like that that's pretty dang specific and so uh I, yeah i would like to know God, why, right? And then, you know, the other thing about it, I, I mentioned sort of the downside of the conference like this is, Josh, I feel after the fact, like there's so many people that wanted uh, time with us and time to talk through things and how to implement these things at their churches or uh, they need healing and, and prayer and deliverance. And, man, we just couldn't get to everybody. That was the tough part. Oh, that, and so That's always a my, you know, a, Right. A personal prayer of mine um, is honestly like, Lord, uh, you have to you have to show us how i mean how did you do it like you said there was times where it says you healed them all you healed them all like gigantic crowds you healed them all i don't know i mean obviously uh, you did it way better than us and so uh, i just lord show us more because I, I think of the many people that came that, that wanted to be healed by god and who weren't healed and so um yeah, just recognize even though we did this conference, we did see a lot of miracles, healings that we're going to discuss. There is that other side of it where I still walk away from it and go, if Jesus were there, it would have been done so much better than us. And so, Amen. I, and I, and, I still want to. And to some extent, the only reason it did happen is because Jesus was there to begin with, you know, because it's like, right. uh, it was just us. Right. Nothing would have happened, you know? Um, so, so yeah, all. All that to say that we are growing in the way that we learn, uh, in the way that we teach, the teach the gospel, and the way that we we pray for the sick, and the way that we cast out demons. We're as much as possible trying to learn from the scriptures, but but also in faith as Christ leads us in those models to to pray and see people recovered and delivered. So lots of really cool stuff that happened. To your point, you had a, a very similar prophetic word. Uh, you, you said Rebecca. I, my eyes locked on a, a couple, and this video is recorded of, of him telling the story. Um, I kind of went to Roundtree and asked him, like, hey, do I share this word? This is kind of like, this is too strong to share from stage. And he told me to go talk to them personally. And just like about a loss of life. And um, so I, I just went and shared, hey, was there a loss of life in your family? Like very recently, uh, she kind of collapsed in tears. And her, her brother had um, 
uh, I, I don't want to get all the facts wrong, but basically he was on a ventilator. Um, and like mm. it happened like that night before. I don't remember if it was a heart condition. I, she mentioned him puking and like gagging on his puke or something like that. Um, and it was loud. So I don't, I have some of the, the details foggy, but that video is recorded and it will be on Patreon. Um, but like it was, it was meaningful to her that she was seen by God, but like, I didn't get a word that this guy would get healed. I didn't get a word. And it was just kind of, it kind of burdens you. Cause you don't, even when you're trying to like share stuff like that, you don't know, um, was it God's will to heal that guy? Should I have prayed more in that direction? And uh, it's always, it you process it on the post end. And I'm very much like you, Miller, where it's like, man, if Jesus was there, that would have ended differently, I expect. But um, anyway, lots of cool stuff to learn. And um, I'm glad, again, for what God did do uh, while still pressing right. on for more. Do you want to dive into some of these videos, Miller? Yeah, let's do it, man. Um, just wanted to give testimony of what God has done this weekend. Um, initially, the very first night when we prayed for TMJ issues, um, I've had issues with my jaw as long as I can remember since I was a kid. And um, after that night, I went back and like ever since my jaw has not been popping or clicking or anything at all. And then today when we prayed for foot issues, plantar fasciitis, that's something else that I've had multiple issues with over the years. I've had injections multiple times in both feet to help with it. And um, it had just flared up again recently. And I leave for a missions trip out of the country in seven days. And so I was really worried about being able to walk well. And uh, God healed that today. Um, I've still got a little bit of tightness. It, it's a continual healing process, I feel. Um, but all the pain where I could barely walk went away. I just want to give praise and glory to God for all that he's done. So very long story, very short. I've been experiencing some spiritual attacks on my mind and body for about 10 years now. Um, come to realize it was from drug use, accessing spiritual realm through psychedelic drugs. Um, last night while the speaker was speaking, explaining and going over occult practices and witchcraft demons and things like this, he mentioned the use of drugs and accessing the spirit realm. And all of a sudden it had hit me that these attacks that I've been experiencing were coming from taking psychedelic drugs. And um, in my high school years, about 10 years ago, and I basically became overcome with fear and attacked while he was going over this. And this spirit or whatever physically manifested itself in me. could feel it in my stomach and chest areas and felt gripped with fear during this. And by the time uh, we stood up for prayer, it was very immense. And I had hands laid on me and I felt uh, the presence of this thing up, lift up out of my chest, arms, hands. My hands felt, the best way I can describe it is, they had fallen asleep, but they weren't asleep. They were shaking and my face was numb. It was wild experience, a lot of coughing and gagging and crying and freedom, basically, praise the Lord. So that's my testimony. <laughs> All right. Uh, so I came to the conference with my whole family, uh, husband and two daughters, and uh, after Michael Miller spoke on uh, deliverance, uh, afterwards he had people stand up for occult practices and, um, and repent, and afterwards uh, a woman came up on stage and gave her testimony of being freed from some Freemasonry 
bonds. And it reminded me that several months ago I had learned, uh, no, I had watched uh, one of the remnant podcasts about, about Freemasonry. And I was in the e-course that also touched on it. And I did a little digging just because I had like this niggling in the back of my mind and uh, found out that my grandpa was a Freemason and that my mom and aunt had been in the Job's Daughters. Uh, but at the time, I didn't really know what to do with that um, or what I thought about it even. So uh, anyway, uh, after the service, we just waited around uh, and my husband stood in line uh, for the rest of us. Anyway, uh, Michael Miller came over and prayed for us. And uh, as he had us repeat a prayer after him uh, to break the chains of, of the Freemasonry curse, uh, all three of us girls uh, just felt hot. That's what we were feeling. And so he asked more questions. And I was getting a pain in my back that I've had for quite a few months that uh, makes it difficult to breathe. It feels like someone's, uh, you know, like kneeling into my lung. And uh, so he specifically prayed over me and spoke in tongues. And as he did that, uh, my whole spine snapped, uh, like popped like when you go to the chiropractor and the pain was gone, uh, which was really exciting. And I started sobbing because <laughs> I haven't been able to breathe that well in a while. And uh, it felt like the knife was out of my back. But, um, yeah, so I went home feeling good, slept fairly good overnight, woke up feeling good, and then as the morning progressed and we got ready and uh, came back to the conference for another session, the pain got worse, and it was worse than it even has been in the last few months. And Michael sought me out this morning and uh, asked how I was doing, and so I told him, and he pulled me aside and prayed for me again and reminded me that I can rebuke it. It's an evil spirit, and I, I have the authority to just rebuke it. Uh, and that was really helpful, but he also prayed over me again. And while I didn't feel anything this time, the pain was gone. And so, yeah, I am excited to be free, uh, excited to see the change in my daughters, because I expect that that was also affecting their health and other things. So praise to God. Okay, so those stories, even Alyssa's story, the way that she told that story is way more palatable than the way you told me that story. I was like, it's crazy. What is that? So I'm going to have you unpack some of those stuff, but let's walk through a little bit. I don't, of I don't know if I want to unpack all of that. Okay. 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 You, 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 you do what you want to do. Uh, I'm not going to push you on it. Um, but let's let's talk about some of this stuff. Like uh, uh, Stephen, at the beginning of the video, said he was healed of TMJ and uh, I think he said plantar fasciitis uh, in his foot. Um, but but I'm I'm curious specifically because we were calling out those two things, uh, TMJ, plantar fasciitis, and sleep because those are areas that you and Michael see a lot of healings in. Could you maybe uh, unpack that for us and our audience? Why is it that you call for something that you've seen healing in before rather than just like praying for you know, cancer or broken bones or whatever it is? Why, why those specific issues? Um, I, I'd be curious to hear from you. Well, okay. So with the with the first one with the TMJ, didn't Michael give him a prophetic word? And then didn't I 
jump on that and say, hey, you right there, have you had this problem in your jaw? Is that right? I could not tell you. I was not present for that prophetic word. So I, the, the, the one with the 90% of them I was there for, um, but there was a specific situation. I think when Dawson was ministering that I was monitoring the Zoom call. So you guys were doing ministry time and I wasn't present for it at all. So I think that happened during that that segment of time. Dude, check this out, man. Look at the look at the comment section right now. Tony Pino uh, went to Miller's seminar in Cincinnati, got healed of tinnitus. Uh, Rafa Bures, I don't know if that's how you pronounce that. Forgive me. Uh, my husband and I were so blessed by the conference. I'm still in awe of the goodness of Jesus and also the healing I received. My jaw is doing great, and I cried all the way home to Florida. What? <laughs> like. Is this in our, do we have these videos recorded? <laughs> no, so, some of these people didn't, some of these people, after being told multiple times to go record their testimonies, <laughs> not recorded. That's, that's my, my subtle rebuke. Uh, but no, thank you guys for sharing that in the comment section here. Uh, I, I think what happened uh, and, and what happens frequently in, in these kinds of settings is when we open the doors, people want to be in the service. Like they want to pray. They want to seek the Lord. You know, they want to worship. They want to see the demonstration. Like there's a lot of faith building stuff that happens when you command a spirit to go and it leaves. And these people that you brought are getting delivered and healed. And like everyone wants to stay. They want to be present in that moment. They don't want to separate themselves from what's going on. And I think rightfully so. God was showing up in pretty tremendous ways. People didn't want to like go out into the lobby and record something and miss a moment. So you'll find that, you know, a lot of these recordings are right before a service, not after a service, because that's when we're doing prayer time. So, uh, yeah, yeah no, it, it, there's a ton of stories that we didn't get captured. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so let's talk about the, the question you originally asked me, Josh, about uh, why did we call out those things? I think the jaw thing was actually me pointing somebody out and saying, hey, I think you have this issue. And they said, yes, I do. And then I prayed for them and told, you know, I can't remember how it all played out, actually. Gosh, and this was only a few days ago. It feels like forever because it was just, I mean, we were praying for people nonstop for three days. So um, all I know is uh, oftentimes when you see something uh, very regularly, um, that, that might be what the scripture means when it talks about uh, gifts, plural of healings, plural. You know, list off all the gifts in First Corinthians 12. And then, but that's the only gift that's pluralized in that list of nine gifts mentioned in First Corinthians 12. So um, that might mean that, you know, uh, Josh may see blind eyes open regularly. I may see flat feet get healed regularly. Uh, Roundtree may see sleep issues, sleep apnea uh, uh, get healed regularly. And so that's part of the reason we called that out is it tends to be something we see a lot. And, and, and also we did share testimony of some of those healings that had happened in the past. Like I mentioned how in uh, Cincinnati about a month ago, I was just sharing testimony about flat feet healing and someone without anybody laying hands on them was healed sovereignly by the Lord of flat feet and took out his orthotics completely, you know, arches. He was shaking and trembling and crying because he was like, I can't believe this really happened. And so um, that's, that's part of the reason I, I think we did that. Does that answer your question, Josh? Yeah, I think so. And I think another thing that Stephen said that probably worth addressing is Stephen, he mentioned that he has a continual healing. And, and I, with all of these people, sent them uh, uh, an email. I said, I didn't send all these people. I sent some of these people an email. And then we had someone from the team reach out and text all these people as well because we wanted to follow up. And everyone's testimony that I'm sharing that got back to me, uh, all still healed. No one has responded at the time of the taping of this video that they've, the, the, the sickness came back or it was psychosomatic, but like still healed. 
but but he he mentioned this thing partially healed and by God's grace again he's going to hit the missions field and and this is going to like be one less burden one less thorn in his flesh you know proverbially that he's going to have to carry on to the mission field which I'm ecstatic about uh, but he just has no pain and, and he said that that there's still some tightness but no actual pain in his body when when walking or in his legs and his feet um, but but he mentioned like continual continually walking this out and this is something that people sometimes stumble over um they'll they'll say well you don't get you get healed in a moment it's not a progressive thing um two different examples um there's the account where 10 lepers come to jesus and get prayer and he prays for all 10 of them and it says as they were going right they realized that they were healed and then that one turned back to jesus so like they were leaving and as they were on their way they began to recognize that they were receiving healing and then one came back to jesus and worshiped and jesus said hey where did the other nine go so like as they were going it was kind of a, a perpetual thing that they were receiving their healing over a period of time. Uh, another account would be in, in I believe it's the Gospel of Mark, where a blind man uh, gets prayed for and he goes, hey, uh, you know, I see ministries walking and Jesus prays a second time and then he has his, his sight fully recovered. He can see perfectly fine. So I mean, both of these accounts, this is not an instantaneous moment where someone's completely healed, but it's like a process of being healed. Um, now, maybe the Lord just removed the pain. He's going to hit the mission field and he's going to have tightness forever. I mean, potentially that's a thing, uh, but I'm ecstatic that he's not. And I bet you Steven's ecstatic that he doesn't have pain now that he's going to be yeah, walking. He's probably not complaining. The mission field. <laughs> I bet, yeah, I bet yeah. he's ecstatic that it was a partial healing because it's it's not no pain. You know what I mean? So that, that's yeah, a good yeah. thing. Uh, Ryan was our next video. He was talking about like drug usage and how that was kind of biblically connected to oppression. Could you Could you maybe explain and unpack that idea for us, Michael? Well, I think I think we would also connect drug usage with witchcraft because you're taking natural means to have a spiritual experience or control the world around you. And so that would fall into that category of, of what's forbidden in um, Deuteronomy 18 as well as Leviticus 19 verse uh, 6, I believe, and Leviticus 20. Um, so anyway, uh, yeah, I think he had he had taken drugs as a means to have a spiritual experience. And because of that, that sin, he opened the door for the demonic and uh, he didn't tie it together until we had taught it publicly. And at that moment he was like, Oh no. Okay. I, I need prayer for this. And so he received, he was one of those people that stood up for prayer. Um, and then uh, man, the, the, in the manifestations uh, of how he was delivered, he mentioned feeling this thing move into his extremities and leave and even cough stuff. So it could have been a number, more than one spirit leaving at that time, but it left uh, all the same. So, so yeah, I don't know. Couple, what was the other question around that? Yeah, a couple questions. I mean, you know, coughing, um, feeling sensations, you know, do we have biblical language for this? I mean, we we definitely have biblical language for like the boy who was like seized and like thrown into the fire and thrown into the water. We have biblical language of demons crying out like, what are you going to do with us? You know, like, why have you come before our time? That kind of thing. But like, mm -hmm. do, do we have biblical language for those kinds of sensations, I suppose? Uh, but then the other question I would ask is, can we prove that these things are in fact demonic rather than like psychosomatic? You know, like um, we, we, we saw a lot of things that were happening, um, but but some some people are going to have this idea that we're the, the crowd is being primed to see certain kinds of results and reactions when we weren't we weren't encouraging or even articulating. Hey, I don't think we primed you to feel if this is what's going to happen. You know, could you could you maybe no, speak into both of those? things? I mean, in the past, I've often told people, hey, um, 
when an evil spirit leaves, these things happen. However, at this conference, we didn't do that. I don't know if you remember that, uh, Josh. No, I don't, I don't remember us doing anybody. anything like that. Yeah. No, no. And so these things happening naturally, it actually affirms what you and I may already know because we've seen this a lot. But um, biblically speaking, there's no... Uh, um, the only thing you see, like the person falls down as though dead and Jesus picks him back up again when a demon gets cast out. So you see that happening. Fortunately, that's not what we saw happening. The vast majority of people were coughing uh, or they would feel something leave off of them. Now, regarding um, that as a manifestation, and even if you were to tell people this, um, let me just take one example uh, in particular. When people dry heave or puke when an evil spirit leaves, um, I don't care how well you try to prime an audience. You usually can't just make that happen on command. Correct. Yeah. And the fact is, these people in the scriptures, they knew an evil spirit had left them. How did they know? Well, there had to have been some indicator. And maybe what we're seeing today is the kind of indicators that they were also seeing, but the scriptures aren't terribly clear about it. We just know that there are indicators. And so some stuff is, uh, at best, is anecdotal. This is just what we know. Uh, as far as what we've seen, we, we don't have uh, a clear scriptural reference to it. Do you have any, I mean, do you have a, a uh, an argument or a polemic for why that would be normative and scripture to back it up? No, um, I, you know, the, 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 the general, the general way that we would know, I mean, here's who'd be an example, and it's not a rock solid example, I suppose. I'm just kind of thinking about it on the spot. Like the woman who had the issue of infirmity in Luke, the one who's bent over, uh, was a daughter of Abraham when the spirit was removed from her, she stood up, right? So there seems to be a causal effect and we don't see what happens. We didn't see her scream out or shriek or anything like that, but there seems to be some kind of affliction. And when the spirit leaves, that affliction leaves with it. So if he was feeling some kind of uncomfort, discomfort, he, he described fear, pain, those kinds of things. Uh, and that thing uh, was, was commanded to leave and left, the symptoms left with it. So, I mean, that mm. again is more anecdotal than a rock solid argument, um, regardless you know, we have stories of people who have come to the conference who are saying, hey, I came in oppressed and I came out free. Um, and when we're, we're talking about testimonies, that's really where we're hanging our hat is that Christ has delivered people from um, demonic oppression, uh, uh, delivered them from affliction. And what they felt in the moment of prayer, uh, even to me and Michael, is not as important as them living in perpetual freedom of whatever they have been delivered of or from. Right. So, well, um, and free from sin as well, if it's if proliferating oh, sure. that kind of sin. Something, uh, Josh, again, I just want to keep taking note in the, co in the comment section because this is just awesome. Uh, Joel uh, Benitez, uh, my plantar fasciitis was healed on Friday, early session, and all pain is gone. Thank you, Lord. Um, and then two comments down, uh, frugal mom of many. This was fantastic. My back pain went away after being prayed for. I had hoped for another thing to be healed, but I will keep praying. Michael Roundtree's service on Saturday was so helpful. That's amazing. Uh, Dawson, man, check that out. Uh, DJ716, also known as Dawson Gerald, our buddy who spoke at the conference, he got healed. Uh, at the conference, I was healed of a cheekbone and cracks sinus problem. That caused tremendous pain in the pressurized environments, like on an airplane. The flight back home was no pain and no sinus issue since. Um, so that's pretty awesome. Uh, man, I just, yeah, I, I get excited about that. We're still seeing so many more testimonies coming in. So uh, I just want to do this again. <laughs> yeah, I know, dude. I, that's all I can think about. We've got a couple of uh, opportunities kind of on the horizon where we're like, we're already chomping at the bit to start this again. Uh, a bunch of pastors who've reached out saying, hey, 
can we network together? Can we find ways to um, just even create a fellowship of pastors that can just like feed off of one each other, swap stories, like build community around that? Like we just want to find ways to help the body of Christ do this. Um, what I loved telling people after we saw someone get healed, uh, there's a, a lady named Joy, a uh, really precious uh, lady came up to me, had pain in her leg, swelling in her leg, and we prayed. She had no pain, came back for the evening service, talked to her, still no pain. Uh, but what I loved, like praying for her and others who got healed, I would say things like, hey, I'm just a guy and not a particularly good guy. And if God can use me, he can use you too, right? Like uh, in, yeah. in watching these kinds of things take place in uh, these conference settings, again, seems to be emboldening people that if if these three clowns can do it, if these four clowns can do it, you know, Michael, Josh, and, and, and Dawson can do all of these things, then, then man, certainly God can use us in the same way. So uh, we're hoping that these kinds of things embolden people. I, I want you to tell me a little about Alyssa's story. I don't know what you want to talk about, what you don't want to talk about. If you don't, if you don't want to talk about all the weirdness about it, that's fine. Uh, do you want to, do you want to kind of give me like a biblical idea of what renunciation looks like? You know, she, she said that you led her through a prayer. Um, what would be the biblical grounds for that? Why would you lead someone in a prayer? And, and how does that have anything to do with deliverance ministry? Could you maybe unpack that? Uh, man, so this is still an area that's kind of, I, I don't know, you might actually be able to help defend it better than I can. But um, so with idolatry, when you come into the faith, there should be some level of renouncing the old gods uh, and a deliverance from those old gods because they don't want to give you up so easily. Um, now it's interesting cause you'll see people like our, our buddy, uh, what was it? Darren piles. Uh, and he, he doesn't think Christians can be demonized. Um, but my experience has shown me that if they don't go through a deliverance, they may carry stuff over, um, no different than we still carry sin over. Like there are things that before I was a Christian, I was doing that was sinful. And after I became a Christian, I was still doing some of those sins. Uh, and I didn't even know they were sins until somebody showed me after the fact. And so, um, all that to say, you can. What I found is that people often carry their their spirits over with them, even after they've become a Christian. So in this case, uh, her fam, her grandfather had uh, invoked a curse on their family because of idolatry, specifically having to do with masonry. And uh, many of these people who get into masonry, they will offer up their children in perpetuity if they ever reveal the secrets of the Masonic Lodge or ever leave the Masonic Lodge. So here, she and her family, they've all come to Christ. They are not practicing masons. And yet, those curses had been invoked um, because of her grandfather's participation in masonry. And so I walked her through a prayer of repentance, just said, you know, Father, would you forgive me for the sins of my grandfather? Um, would, uh, would you, we, we renounce the Masonic Lodge and their gods and, and renounce all the blessings we may have gotten from the Masonic Lodge and their gods and ask that you would deliver us. And so then I pray and command any evil spirit that came in through idolatry to go. And when I did that, all of them felt a burning sensation in their chest or in their face. Um, and so, and I don't know exactly all that it did, but I've seen a number of times when people are demonized specifically because of masonry, uh, lung issues get healed. Um, so there was another lady at the conference, similar issue. Uh, she had had long COVID, um, but the symptoms from long COVID disappeared after we dealt with the masonry stuff as well. So I don't really understand it all. I'm just telling you this was the experience and, and some scriptural support, I guess. Um, Josh? Yeah, so... Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't have man. This is when it comes to crossfire, um, and that's kind of how I, I find some of this stuff. Is it's like it's not, it's not 
typical deliverance stuff is open doors, willful sin, giving room, a foothold for the devil to to attack us. You know, the Bible warns us over and over again, hey, put on the armor of God. You need this armor of God because the enemy is going to like try to nail you with arrows that consume. They're like fiery darts. They're like, they can hurt you. They can wound you. Um, the Bible calls Satan the prince of the power of the air. Um, the, the devil's prowling around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. We're in this spiritual battle, not against flesh and blood, right? But, but by rulers and things that are kind of unseen. So how does it work that Christians who are even like walking faithfully, like, like Alyssa, like there's not like a, a specific sin that like I have opened this door and I've been perpetually hanging out in this sin space, but maybe because of stuff that's going on in life, maybe because of stuff that's gone on with family, they have somehow been struck by a stray arrow because of something else that's going on. I don't really comprehend how that works. Uh, I'll be honest with you. Theologically, it'd be way cleaner cut, way easier if we could just say, Hey, um, uh, Christians can't be demonized. It'd be way easier and cleaner cut if we just said, hey, you can't be afflicted in any way by demonic activity. And yet Paul somehow had a thorn in his flesh, uh, you know, a messenger, you know, and it seems to have some kind of demonic uh, 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 de- demonic origins in nature, right? Um, we, we see people in the scriptures being warned through all these churches, hey, be careful of this demonic activity. It's real. It's active. Uh, so we're warned against it. We see it in the life of Christians. It's certainly plausible um, that these things are uh, afflicting and hurting and wounding Christians. W- what I would say, though, in, with all that being said, is it possible that Christians can somehow be afflicted? I'm not using the word possessed for obvious reasons, but can they be afflicted by demonic activity? Um, is, if it's possible, what I would also say is that God will reveal and deliver. Right. So we don't need to live in fear. We don't need to live in trepidation. We don't need to live in like, oh, you know, do I need to go investigate some kind of like, you know, family lineage and try to figure out all the open doors that are in my life? Uh, Be careful about not over inflating the works of the devil, but just believing that the power of God is always present to deliver us from any kind of bondage or affliction that the enemy would want to bring into our lives. So, uh, how does it work? Man, I I don't have a great answer. Uh, In fact, I'm kind of wrestling through a lot of this myself in my own local context. So uh, no good answer. Um, anything else that you want to talk about? Well, uh, I, Alyssa, this, this pain I would say came back. That's, can use, that's an interesting thing. Uh, there's a, um, one, one verse we can use that I think is helpful is the Ephesians passage 426 through 27. It says, be angry yet. Do not sin. Uh, do not let the sun go down on your anger. Do not give the devil a foothold. Now a foothold is, is territory. It's region. It's, uh, uh, real estate, right? The American troops gained a foothold in Normandy, France when they were fighting in World War II. And so, um, and, and that's what I'm using the word demonized to talk about is uh, real estate in a person's life that has been given over to a demonic spirit that needs to be uh, evicted and given back to that person and to Christ. Would that be accurate? Instead of, instead of using the word afflicted or using the word uh, possessed, um, given a foothold or demonized. We're, yeah, we're using demonized typically, and when I said afflicted, you know, oppressed, any any of those words, I'm just saying activity. That's all. That's all I'm saying. Any kind of demonic activity, like temptation. If a demon's tempting you, that's that's demonization of some kind. It's it's a noun, demon turned into a verb, as in demon activity, demonized. Nowhere in the Bible do we have the word demon possessed or demon oppressed or demon anything. All we just have is demon activity, demonized. Um, so. Uh, you know, when people say, can a Christian be afflicted but not possessed? Nowhere in the Bible does it say anything like that. Those are made up Western categories that come from Hollywood. They're not 
they're not in the Bible. Um, we just have like the the noun theology turn into a verb. You theologize. Same thing when it comes to demonic activity. So uh, if it, if a Christian can be tempted and if a Christian can be uh, wounded or hurt, which again in scripture seems to be the case in Ephesians 6, like armor of God kind of language, we are having a spiritual warfare. So it's, it's plausible. It's possible. And, and again, guys, I, I don't mean to peer into areas of speculation. What I mean to say is if someone comes to me professing faith in Jesus Christ, um, I don't instinctively believe that they're lying to me. They say, hey, uh, I believe that Jesus is the only son of God, that he was you know, uh, uh, born of a virgin, that he died on the cross for my sin, and on the third day he rose again and is seated at the right hand of the Father. I go, man, that, that seems to be an orthodox profession of faith. And then if they say, hey, I have night terrors and I command a spirit of sleeplessness to leave them, like, and it leaves them, that's a good thing. So whether you want to categorize that as affliction or possession or oppression, what's important is the person came bound and they left free. Um, I, I don't really have much more interest to in arguing it beyond that. Um, do you want to watch the next set of videos or do you want to? Yeah, let's do it. I, I'm, I'm still interested in like talking about the fact that she had pain, it left and then it came back. Is that oh, normal? Yeah. Do you see that happening? Yeah, if it's yeah. demonic. Uh, oftentimes, I mean, it, it seems pretty clear in scripture that that's what they want. They want to keep their, their foothold in somebody's life. Right. So you remove it and, uh, and then they got to stay free. And so how it comes back, I really don't understand that. I mean, it seems to me like she wasn't in that sin anymore, but oftentimes what I've seen happen is it's like these things come back and they want to convince you you're not healed and, and have you give way into, to believing it rather than God. Um, so or uh, it rather than what God did. And, but I think the, the, for whatever reason, um, when we pray again, it usually leaves rather easily. So, um, and I've seen this happen a number of times where people will get healed uh, because of deliverance. Something comes back, they feel the pain again, and they start the question, was I really healed? And then when somebody prays for them again, it leaves rather easily. And in fact, so much more easily than it left the first time. So, um, I don't know, Josh, you've experienced this on some level too. Yeah, no, I mean, recently we were praying over some people. Um, I don't want to go into all the details either. Um, I shared some of this at the conference where we prayed. We saw someone get delivered pretty spectacularly. And then just days later, that activity came back. Um, when I got back home to Texas or to Texas to, to Ada, we prayed again and we we saw freedom. Um, so it, someone illustrated it to me like this, that when uh, demonic activity has a foothold and you let that thing grow, it can like really blossom into this huge tree that can shade the human heart in darkness. And what happens is you can uproot that thing. And if that demonic activity comes back, it, it kind of sprouts and it wants to convince you that it's this big giant tree, but it's really just kind of like a small weed that's easier to pluck. And that was kind of our experience. Um, uh, this person that we had been praying over for six months had experienced oppression in a moment was completely delivered. It was clear that it was demonic because of the screaming and the wailing and the, you know, the deliverance uh, of that evil spirit. Um, I shared that testimony and, uh, the moment I shared the testimony, basically, um, this person experienced the side effects of the sickness again, when I got home and prayed get, again, once again, delivered completely from that pain and is still walking in that healing. So, mm. uh, there are some interesting, again, I wish I had better answers of how all this stuff works. All I know is we have authority. We can take authority over demonic activity, command it to go, and it and it has to, uh, especially when uh, things have been repented of and we're living in holiness. So you want to watch that video too, my guy? Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, let's do it. Sweet.
And uh, this is the testimony. So today um, they were doing some testimonies and had a few specific healing words to pray for. So Miller prayed for um, flat feet. And I had my group around me lay hands on me and pray for uh, my flat feet. I've always had like, they call it an inward pronation because I've been a runner for years and I've had to wear stability shoes. And as they were praying, I felt like a sharp, um, like sort of a burning sensation right in my arch area, both of my feet. And when I stood up, it was just like very weird feeling because literally my feet like have arches now. The middle of my foot cannot touch the ground like it did before. And so I've been walking around enjoying it all day. But uh, yeah, I have arches in my feet now. My flat feet are completely healed. Uh, admittedly, I came to this conference a little bit skeptical, a little jaded, kind of had some mixed experiences with uh, the charismatic church. And so I just decided, my friend, you know, pulled me along. I said, all right, I'll give it a shot. Went up for the first night for healing. Uh, God began to, to start, you know, giving me relief in my back uh, as Brother Roundtree and his son began to pray for me. Uh, and then even on the uh, Friday night, I, they were preaching about deliverance, teaching, and, you know, there was some things I wanted to get prayer for regarding lustful dreams and went up and uh, I tell you what, I mean, a multi-layered, multi-faceted deliverance happened on me. I was set free from multiple things, uh, not only here Friday night, but even after I had gone home and my friend and I were praying for each other and, and and there was a lot of deliverance, a lot of freedom happening. So now I'm just believing in faith. We're going to continue to walk in that, in that healing and in that deliverance. Uh, I have an interesting healing story. So for years, kind of I have had this pinched nerve in my back where I could not stretch past my knees. Like my hands would not go past my knees for years. Uh, I got prayer bent over. I went so far past my knees that I pulled my hamstring, which is a little bit funny, actually. <laughs> but I'm able to go way far. I actually have to be careful. My muscles aren't used to it, apparently. So, <laughs> How funny. How ridiculous is that, bro? Like, dude. My back got so healed that I pulled a muscle in my leg. That's funny, dude. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, uh, I remember one time I, I prayed for a man's this is weird. Uh, I prayed for a man's groin that had been torn and, uh, his groin got completely healed, but the bruising around the groin stayed. And so that like, the, it's like the Lord healed the, the actual thing we prayed for. I didn't think to pray for the bruising. He obviously told you about this, right? Uh, well, no, he actually came up and showed me because he started stretching his legs out <laughs> Okay, so he's wearing shirt. shorts or something. Okay, so I, was like, I was like, Michael, this story is so uncomfortable, dude. No, no, like, this the is best not part that is, video, bro. The best part is he started pulling up his shorts to show me the bruise, and I'm like, I don't, I don't want to see this. I don't want to see this. And then he started stretching. And he goes, Look, no pain, no pain. It's like that moment in the in the Bible where Peter's like, "Don't just wash my feet, wash all of me." And your your feet will do, Peter. That that that's enough, buddy. Um, your testimony <laughs> is enough, my guy. You don't have to show me the bruise. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so let's let's start off with some of these stories. Cole uh, arches in his feet. Super cool story. Uh, he was like texting you, going, "Hey, man, like I love my new feet. You know, get to walk around town in new feet." Oh um, no! Now, Look at his comment in the in the section right now. He says, "Tell Miller I'll send him the bill for all the new shoes I have to buy." Yeah, see, there are problems. Like I'm with getting healed. 
Oh man, I don't even see the comment. Sorry, I'll, I'll pull it up, type it in. Um, <laughs> That's right. But, but this is this is one of those things uh, where uh, you guys are seeing regular occurrences of people who are getting flat feet healed. When did you first start seeing this, Miller? And like that—that's something that you feel like God has again graced you. If there are gifts of healings, plural, or just maybe at I minimum, mean, you I, have faith I never, to see flat. I never feet say healed. that about myself. I never say I have a gift of healing flat feet. I don't I think say, that you've ever said that about seen, yourself, but it does seem to happen a lot. Uh, well, I, all I've ever said is I see flat feet healed often, um, a lot, in fact. And yeah, it started when I was 23 uh, at at Wellspring Church back in the day in, in Fort Worth area. I was with uh, I was a youth intern with Roundtree uh, at his church when he was the youth pastor, and then saw a young girl get healed uh and she went and shared her testimony on a sunday that sunday two more people came up for prayer and got healed of flat feet um about six months later sharing the testimony in a youth meeting another youth leader said hey i've got flat feet and so a bunch of uh, kids and i pray for him he gets healed shares testimony on sunday uh two more people got healed um one of them is gil butler uh from wellspring church um and then man i just started seeing it everywhere like uh, just sharing the testimony and suddenly it starts happening. So, and, and even times where nobody even lays hands on them, people just get healed after the, after the testimony has been shared. What I love about the stories that we were just sharing uh, from Kevin in particular is Kevin said a phrase like I came in here skeptical. And that's what I love to hear because it really deflates this idea that if you want to receive healing, you have to have like a psychological certainty that your your faith is determined by how much you can muster up expectation. And I don't want to say delusion, yeah, we don't buy but that. like this this for sure outcome that this is going to happen. We don't believe that. And when we hear stories no. like Kevin come in saying, I was skeptical, but I went and got prayer. Like that proves that like there are people who can place faith in Jesus or even come and saying, God, I believe, but help me with my unbelief. And and God still supernaturally shows up and sees people healed and delivered. Yeah. And he experienced both of those things. I'm pretty sure this is the story where where his son said he felt his bones like moving in his back as they were praying for him, which is a crazy story. Oh, Michael's um, son. Yeah, Michael's son, not not Kevin's son. Yeah, Michael yeah. Roundtree, he brought his kid yeah. to the conference and they were praying together. And that was the first time he'd seen any kind of demonic uh, deliverance or manifestation or seen any like healing so dramatic that he could tell it was a real healing. Uh, oh, and he saw plenty yeah, of it this awesome. week, I would imagine. Oh, totally. I'm sure that was a big eye-opener, which is funny considering he goes to Roundtree's church. I would imagine he would have seen all kinds of stuff like that. Um, but, I mean, it just goes to show you can be in a charismatic environment and still not see stuff happen, and then suddenly mm -hmm. one day you do. So yeah. I'm, I'm glad for that. For, for Well, they also Roundtree saw like a pretty son. tremendous revival in their youth group just the day before um, they came well, to the conference. Well, they're seeing it now, they I think, some, yeah. Yeah, they were seeing some pretty tremendous stuff taking place. But uh, So that's a cool thing from Kevin's story. Jacob Goodman's story, I think, is funny. Um, well, one, because there's just like this expectation that if God heals you, he's going to heal you in such a way where, I don't know, you're not going to have any other problems. But it, it's funny because when <laughs> his back got healed, but but like the idea that his legs have not been stretched because he's been unable to stretch them because of his back, it's comical, but it, it actually makes logical sense that God healed one thing, didn't just supernaturally loosen everything else. Um, do you want to watch this last section of videos, Michael? I don't know if we have a ton to comment on this. We're already at 46 minutes. Yeah. Uh, okay, come yeah, on, let's, let's watch the third it. video and see, see what happens. Are we ready? My name is Clayton West, and 
me and my wife came here from Chapel Hill, North Carolina, and I've been watching the Remnant Radio for about maybe a year now. Um, but the first night we came here, uh, um, Brother Roundtree, he talked about how he heard the, he heard the Lord saying that um, I, was, I was struggling with effects from sleep apnea and nightmares, and it, I've never really prayed about it before, but I have about multiple times a week will be woken up in the middle of the night by something, just a nightmare of some kind, and um, I can never get a full night's rest of any kind. Um, I always feel crazy tired in the middle of the day. Um, like, I would sleep over eight hours and just feel like I barely got any sleep at all. And um, after he prophesied about that, he prayed over me. Everybody else around me laid hands on me and prayed for me. And um, my wife, as um, witness, I have had the probably one of the greatest sleeps I've had in a long time these past two nights. And I'm really thankful for what the Lord has done for me. May all the glory be to Jesus. All right. So yesterday um, we had prayer for people with TMJ. And uh, I've had an issue on my left um, left side of my jaw for just years and years that um, it just clicks and pops really bad when I open it. And so uh, when they gave an invitation for people to stand, I opened my jaw just as a natural, you know, see how much it took for it to click. And it was pretty tight. And so I stood up and we received prayer and then... Um, as soon as we were done praying, I didn't, I didn't feel a thing, did not feel a thing. But uh, after we were done praying, um, I opened my jaw, and I could probably open it between 50 and 70% more than before we had prayed. So um, still believing for the rest of that, but uh, it, I was pretty surprised. Uh, I didn't expect anything to be different. And when I opened my, I mean, we were talking about, you know, two minutes between before and after when it was really tight, and then when I, um, it had significantly improved. And uh, yesterday I received prayer for my, uh, my lung issues, and, uh, and I've always felt like for about the last 12, 15 years now, like I'm breathing through straws. And I've been to multiple pulmonologists, I've been to Mayo Clinic, uh, they can't identify what's causing the issue at all. And, uh, and so yesterday I received prayer, I felt a freeing within my chest, and I was able to breathe better. And then today, when I actually breathe or prayed for sleep apnea and the breathing issues, which I also have sleep apnea, uh, it actually was a, a very strong release. And so I can breathe very deeply, which has always been kind of a, a burden for me. And so I just really praise God for what he's done, and I'm believing in, in the healing that he's given. Bro, spectacular, spectacular stories. Uh, I love that in one of those stories, it's like, hey, I had open my jaw and I could open it 50 to 70% more. But like, I love what, what about that story that she was saying that like, she didn't feel anything. There was no like charismatic experience attached yeah. to it. It was just like, I got healed and I didn't feel anything. It was wild. You know, his story about being able to breathe. If you feel like you're breathing through a straw for years and to be able to take a, a breath of air, like how transformative that is. Um, nah, these stories are spectacular, man. I'm, and what I, one of the things that I, I also really, really love is like, these people are like, all praise be to God. Like, you know, like so someone uh, being ironic in here, they said, uh, I was there too and I forgot Miller to pray for my flat feet. Bless me now, foot apostle. Oh, gosh. 
no, no. <laughs> He's obviously being he's obviously being tongue in cheek, but like I know, whole, I know. I just don't I, I the whole it's so cringy. It's so cringy, you know? <laughs> it is so cringy. Uh, but what I love about this is like people are getting it. They're like, hey, these guys are just guys. Like God heals me. And they're like they keep yeah. ascribing supernatural power to God and not to a Michael Miller, a Michael Roundtree, a Josh Lewis. Cause we really, in the grand scheme of things, are nothing. We're just people but god somehow for some reason by his grace still shows up and that's spectacular yeah i don't have anything to say (laughs) yeah cool well man like what do you want people walking away with thinking about like we're 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 watching these testimonies they've seen this stuff maybe they have a disability like a, a disability or an illness that they've been walking with for months or years that's 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 hindering their life they watch a video like this they're walking away with a lot of emotions a lot of feelings a lot of thoughts um, what would you encourage a person that's in that specific position to do? You know, there are people who came to the conference who are watching this video, hearing these testimonies, and they're like, well, I didn't get healed. Uh, I don't know if you remember uh, a lady who came to the conference. Um, oh, I know her name. Uh, is it? It's not Fred, not Frederica. Um, anyway, she, she had a lot of stuff going on. She got healed in her jaw, but she had ankle, or not ankle problems, knee problems. She Raphael. had vertigo. Raphael, that's, right, that's right. That's right. Yeah, she's in the chat. Yeah, yeah, I mean, like I was, I was bummed that we didn't get to pray for her like a third time. You know, she saw some healing, but like she's she's walking away not seeing full healing in all these other areas. Like, yeah, she had a lot how of would other you stuff, encourage people right. who are watching testimonies videos like this? I mean, the big thing to remember is at the end of the day, these are all just tasting the fruits of an age to come. Our hope is in the resurrection, right? And these things just remind us that the resurrection is real. There's coming a day when Jesus is going to return and everything that you are that is mortal will be swallowed up into immortality. We will be raised up into newness of life. So one, be encouraged at that. No matter what the suffering is that you still have ongoing, which to be fair, I I have ongoing suffering. I've had a high hernia for a long time. I have to take meds every morning so I don't have horrible acid reflux. Um but just be encouraged that this is all going to go away one day. And it's it's to, again, to increase our faith, to remember that the gospel we've been believing in, have been preaching, is both real, true, and will reward us. There's salvation yet to come, even amidst the salvation we're experiencing today. Um, and then secondarily, um, keep receiving prayer. There's so much more that God is willing to do than we realize. He is very, very good, very kind, very generous, very giving. and um, I mean, it's the ask and receive, seek and find, knock and the door will be opened. So um, yeah, please just keep asking the Lord to do more and then pray for people. Have the courage to to step into some of the authority that God has given believers in Christ to cast out devils, to heal the sick, um, to, do, to do everything in Christ to advance his gospel. Um, yeah, that's a lot. I got a little preachy there. No, that's fantastic. That that's exactly that. Would, Miller, I wanted you to preach, and that was exactly what you did. Um, uh, someone says you have a new nickname. It's no longer Basement Boy. It's now Foot Apostle. And yeah, oh my God, I love it. I love Gosh, it so much. I good. I love it oh, so man. much. Um, anyway, um, guys, uh, like let's pray. Let's pray for people who are watching the broadcast. You know, God sent forth His word to heal, like He did with the centurion and his servant. Um, yeah. it's possible uh, that God in, in his mercy could still pour out healing right now as people are watching the broadcast. So uh, I want to pray um, and kind of I'll toss it over to you, Miller, if you want to pray as well. But Lord, uh, for people who are watching, Lord, we ask that you bless them. 
Uh, we ask that you meet them right now where they're at in their cars, in their homes, in their living rooms. We ask that the kingdom of God would even enter into where they are right now. And by the mercy and power of the Lord Jesus Christ, who died for their sins and rose spectacularly in the newness of life uh, to give life to our mortal bodies. Lord, would you would you raise up uh, your children who've been oppressed and afflicted? Uh, would you deliver them of any foul spirit? And would you empower them uh, by your supernatural work? Uh, Lord, heal them of their afflictions and their diseases, we ask in Jesus' name. Miller, do you want to pray? Uh, yeah. Sorry, I had had my eyes closed. <laughs> um, Lord, thank you so much for what you did. Um, I ask that you would do more of that. Have mercy on on people there, especially people who came to get healed and they didn't. Would you meet them in their homes and just bring restoration to their bodies? Uh, I think of one of the things I, I felt like you wanted to heal was postpartum issues. Um, so women who had chronic hemorrhoids after having children and, and other things like that, would you bring restoration to their bodies, bring healing and wholeness um, and comfort. Um, pray these things in the name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Miller. Buddy, uh, this is, we actually this end is, on time. Look at that. Yeah, look at that. We've done it. We've done it once or twice before. Uh, guys, I didn't mention this at the top of the show. It is Monday. You might be noticing Michael Roundtree's not here. Uh, yeah, he is out with a, a family member there. They had a death in the family. So they're, uh, you know, caring for the family, being with the family in that moment. So please be pl- praying for Michael Roundtree uh, and his family during this season. So uh, he'll be back with us, I believe, on Wednesday, and we're going to kind of pick up. There were some questions that were sent in at the conference that we were answering at the live Q&A panel, some questions we were not able to answer. So we're going to spend next week, or not next week, this Wednesday, answering some of those questions. Yeah, this Wednesday. So uh, if you're out there and you're watching, uh, you've really enjoyed Remnant, uh, you can give uh, on PayPal or on Patreon. You'll get extra content, like some of these testimony videos we'll release on Patreon here quite shortly. You can go check those out over there. Uh, But additionally, if you're out there and like, man, I want to grow in the knowledge of God's word and the power of his spirit, I would encourage you to take our e-course. We offer it in the spring, in the fall, but you can check out our free mini e-course right now if you want. It's in the link of the description. So it's a bottom link there at the bottom. So uh, without further ado, guys, thank you so much for tuning in and we will see you this Wednesday uh, kind of picking up some questions from the conference uh, in our live panel discussion. So it'll be good. Blessings, guys, and we'll see you next time. Want to thank Kairos Classrooms for sponsoring this episode of Remnant Radio. And if you're out there, you've ever wondered, hey, I wonder if learning a biblical language would be a supplemental tool for me to help me in my biblical studies. Well, you need to check out Kairos Classrooms. They offer Greek and Hebrew classes that can help teach you and train you. It's a live classroom environment with actual students and actual live teachers, and they help teach you the biblical languages of Greek in Hebrew. And you need to check out Kairos Classrooms today. There's a link in the description and you can use the promo code REMNANT to get 10% off. These classes are already crazy affordable, but with the promo code REMNANT, R-E-M-N-A-N-T, you'll get 10% off of Kairos Classrooms. So check that out today. And thank you so much for Kairos for sponsoring this episode of REMNANT Radio.